0: What is up? This is John Nelson and you are listening to the starting block podcast. If you are looking for a show for complete athletic development, then you found the right show. That's what we're all about here. So our objective is to give you guys the tools to win, whether you are an athlete, a parent or a coach, um, myself and our colleagues and our co-hosts, we all have been in this industry a long time and it is. Our obligation and duty to share our knowledge and uh, experiences with you guys to help y'all win. So that's what we're all about. If you are uh, new to the show, uh, first off, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. We, uh, we appreciate it. Um, our show works a little bit differently than most podcasts that you're probably used to. We have a couple different formats. The first format that you might hear is going to be your standard kind of Q&A. This is where uh, my co-host Chris and I. What's up, Chris? what's up? How are what's you? up? So this is where Chris and I and, uh, and Mandy uh, will come on and answer your questions. And those questions you guys submit to us, whether it's through social media or uh, you can send it to us at info at EliteLevelPerformance.com. And we'll answer those. Anything from strength, speed, rehab, nutrition, you name it, we'll, uh, we'll hit on it. Um, that's the first type of episode. The second type of episode is going to be our guest interview. That's where Chris and I, Mandy, will bring our colleagues on from across the country, across the world. And they're going to share their stories about how they win, how they run their gyms, how they train, how they do therapy, and share their success stories. And the final episode is going to be our Friday Fire episode. And Friday Fire is basically going to be about 10 minutes of me just ranting and brain dumping on you. As uh, you know, if you're an ELP person, you know I'm pretty passionate about what we do. And sometimes there's things on my mind that I just want to share and get out. And so it's basically 10 minutes of me yelling at you. That's Friday Fire. So that is our show structure. Now today, today is a guest interview, guest interview. And uh, Chris, why don't you introduce our guest?
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, Mr. Dan Victor, um, it's, uh, first of all, it's an honor to have him. Uh, we have, uh, I guess it's fair enough to say, Dan, that we go way back now. Um, we do. Of, close oh, yeah. between 15 and 20 years. Um, Dan has come to Birmingham a couple of different times for consultation uh, classes. Um, he's done uh, workshops, seminars, various things like that. And um, it, it, it's it, it's hard to imagine someone who's got a bigger history with more different strength coaches, with more different rehab systems, with more different neurological I'm, I'm, I'm coming, coming up short of words here, but different methods of, of physical therapy, of rehabilitation, of different methods to improve an athlete's performance, but as well as improve uh, their, their rehab potential from an injury, that sort of thing. Anyway, Dan Fichter is, uh, I would say, is instrumental in the way that I have uh, developed my practice, and I would imagine that that will continue uh, but uh, anyway, Dan, uh, I didn't do you justice, but man, it's great to have you on.
0: Yeah, welcome to the show, brother.
2: It, it, it's great to be here. It's great to be here. I think you did a nice job of telling people I'm old.
1: <laughs> well, I'm older than you, Dan, so.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we were just talking a minute ago about, like, you know, how we've been influenced by certain coaches, and, and none of us would would be in the positions we are in our career without the influences of different people. And yeah, I'd say the same thing, you know, myself, Dan. I mean, you know, we go way back. I mean, I met you right after I first really got started in, the, in all this. And, yeah, you've been absolutely instrumental in what we do. And, guys, I'll tell you, you know, for y'all that are ELP people and you think I'm weird, well, wait wait till you hear Dan, man. Dan, Dan taught me. <laughs> he, he's a genius. <laughs> Dan taught me everything I know, man. Um, so, nah, bro, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. And honestly, from the bottom of our heart, thank you for everything you did. Like, honestly, without without you helping in the very beginning, and, you know, I think the first time I met you in Birmingham, and, um, you know, I think I found it, I found out about you early on, like in the inno days, and Chris and I connected, and I think I met you that first day, and first time in Birmingham. And so we go way back, too, and yeah. I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here without you. Thanks for everything you've done, man. You've really – you've been instrumental. So.
2: That's much appreciated. I appreciate that. I, I tell you what, though, this all comes full circle. And everybody that I've learned from, I've turned around – turned the corner and started learning from them, right? I always tell people, I'm not that smart. I've been blessed to talk to a lot of really, really smart people. And what I tell people is the more I can regurgitate some of the information that I've learned, then the really, really smart people kick it back and they kick it forward. Like one of the guys that I talk with all the time from, I won't say the NFL team, but Matt Van Dyke, right? Talk to him all the time. He's so darn smart that anything that I say to him, he can instantly make it applicable. Right. So I learned from him as I'm talking about the experiences that I've had, he can then regurgitate them and make them applicable things in the field, which is awesome. So it's, it's been a great ride. Um, and and you two guys have been, been right there for it. Learning on both ends. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your, your network (laughs) and, uh, and uh, and my wife actually just joined Mandy. Uh, Mandy, on, hi Mandy. Mandy, Dan.
3: It's my wife Mandy. Nice to meet you finally. Good to put meet a, you. Put a uh, a person with a with yep. a name that I've yep. heard for many many years. <laughs> many 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 years. <laughs> years.
2: <laughs> many.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dan, you talk about like just you know all the people you've known and coming around full circle. And um, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about your relationship with uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Sif Mel Sif. And yeah, I know mm. you, you know you've put pictures out there before about him and yeah i don't know what, what was that like i mean how how'd you guys meet and-
2: uh, well he um so back in the day he had that super training group um and i was always again i have to get in front of somebody and and hear them talk or watch them do things whether it be a, a technique in rehab whether it be whatever it is i have to see it personally to actually learn it it's, I have a hard time learning over the computer so mm-hmm. we're on this chat for super training and um, he had said that he has people to his house to study with well I instantaneously emailed him and said I'm coming I didn't even ask if I was invited I just said I'm coming and showed up and stayed in his basement for about 3 or 4 days and um, he taught me everything about Olympic lifting that which I do not use at all anymore um and um, you're not alone there i don't either yeah and, and there's nothing wrong with it it's, it's funny i have a really really good um olympic lifting coach right here in rochester and he always says to me i never heard somebody talk so much about something that they never use i'm like well i learned <laughs> i learned why i don't want to use it um but i but i also understand that you got to be really good at it to get the adaptations that you want from it now the, the okay. great exercises right but I don't have time to teach all that stuff. So anyways, he sends me down in his basement and he has this library in his basement that is unbelievable. So I'll never forget this. He said, you're the guy who talks about strength and speed and all this stuff. He goes, tell me what you know about um, the aerobic system. I'm like, no, it's not any fun. I know that I want to, I want to learn how to get strong and fast. And he's like, I want you to go over to that side of the room, pull out a book and tell me about it. So I pulled out some some Russian text about aerobic training, cardiovascular fitness. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't want to read this. He goes, that's why you're not good. Because you need to study that stuff and figure out why you don't like to do it. And then you have an argument. And he's like, then he started going, he, he got real personal. So he's like, how about, he goes, you're married, right? I'm like, yeah, he goes, how about this? You go home, you get in an argument with your wife. In the middle of the argument, switch sides, argue for what she was arguing for, and she'll argue what you're arguing about and then see what happens. I'm like, but he taught me how to go to the other side of things I don't believe in and really take a look at it and um, spent a lot of time in that basement reading on that stuff. And I was like, wow, but it helped me raise my ceiling on the other side. So it's kind of neat. He was a good man. He was a good man.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, huge contributions and are arguably the greatest ever uh, you know and I've always I've always wondered how you guys met and kind of what that story was and what's yeah. uh what, what about Louis Simmons I know Louis came to your gym once
2: yeah uh, and, you know. and almost got me killed right oh, okay. so <laughs> all right do, do share please. yeah this this story is pretty good and, and jl will attest to this jl holdsworth who, who's uh-huh. do you guys know jl at all yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Well, i know who he is i never yeah. met him but yeah i know who he is yeah, i don't know i think he squatted over a thousand and deadlifted who knows a couple houses um so one day i'm in my gym i'm on the treatment side of the gym and i'm talking to our doc and the phone rings and i look at it don't know the number i answer the phone and i hear this guy go hey this is Louis Simmons. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about some rehab. And I hung up on him because I thought it was one of my friends <laughs> busting my chops. He, he sounded, it had a goofy looking voice, right? I'm like, ah, this, no way. He, he, the phone rings right back. I go, hello. He goes, what? Why the hell did you hang up on me? I'm like, who is this? Is this Dave? <laughs> I'm, I am think it's my buddy Dave. He's like, no, it's Louis Simmons, man. West Side Barbell. I'm like, why are you calling me? He's like, I hear you do some neat things with, with rehab and stuff. I'm like, uh, okay. He goes, hey, I want to come up and see you. Oh, Okay. So he comes up, and we go through some stuff. That's a whole different story. Anyways, circle back, I don't know, 10 years later, five years later. I think it was five years later. We're at TFC, and we're all at dinner, all the speakers, and I'm telling my Louis Simmons story. got him on my – I mean, he came up twice. I went to Westside Barbell twice. I'm telling the story and JL is there and his face is turning red and he's sitting right next to me and he's gigantic. He's like 300 pounds. And he goes, I get through the whole story. I mean, there's every speaker in TFC is there and he leans over at the table and he goes, you're full of shit. (laughs) I swallowed. I went, what what do you mean? I go, that happened. He goes, listen, I worked out at Westside Barbell for however many years. He said, he goes, I've been in there with Louis. I know exactly what Louis does. Louis hasn't left West Side Barbell in 30 years. There's no way he left Columbus to come and see you. That's what he said. And everybody got quiet at the table. Forks were hitting the plate. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, he came to my place. He goes, Dan, he doesn't even, he won't drive out of down the road. <laughs> I'm like, he came with his wife. What do you want me to tell you? I'm not lying. He goes, watch this. Now, he's at dinner. He calls Chuck Vogelpohl. Chuck <laughs> Vogelpohl's at Westside Barbell at the time. <laughs> wow. Answers the phone. He goes, hey, can you check this story? So you hear him put the phone like this and go, hey, Louie, you know a guy named Dan Fichter? Louie goes, no, nah, I never heard of him. <laughs>
3: So oh, I, can't, I
2: can't hear him saying that, but I'm watching JL's face at the table and I'm going, Oh my God, I'm dead. Why would he say he doesn't know me? So we hang up the phone that night was, I, I can't explain it to you. It was awful. Cause he thought I was lying to him. The next day we present, we go through all this stuff and he comes up to me, goes, Hey, Chuck called me back. He said, Louie does remember that he may have taken a trip up to see you. I go, Oh, thank God. I go, how do you forget that you drove eight (laughs) hours? Anyways, it was great. I went out there, worked on some of his people, and he came out and showed us how to pull sleds, but I kind of fixed him a little bit. It it was fantastic. It was awesome. He's one of the smartest dudes I've ever met when it comes to numbers. Like, he can rattle off numbers like a mathematician. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: I've I, I love uh, I've read pretty much all of his books, and yeah. he's, he's brilliant, I mean, for what he did. But yeah, you're right. Like, he goes so far in depth with the number side of stuff that I just I lose track. Like, my brain yeah. doesn't work that way. I can't keep up with it. And that's oh, it, it was and that's
2: unbelievable. <laughs> like, he goes, there's 500 pounds of chain, and there's this, that, and he comes up with this number. I'm like, where did you get that from? <laughs> so, he's in my gym, and I'm doing some stuff with him, and we were actually doing a cross-crawl concept for him. And he walks out in the gym. He goes, Listen, he goes, You've given me a lot. You've helped me a lot. I feel great. He goes, I want to give you back some stuff. I wanna you know, I wanna show you how we do jump training. So now I'm like, Oh boy. Now I'm gonna get in an argument with Louis Simmons. Because I don't do anything. We don't jump up on boxes. We just don't. So he walks out in the gym and he goes, All right, this is what we do and he gets a couple of my athletes over there that were training in the gym and they start jumping up on boxes and my kids look like they're they can't do it and he goes you call yourself a jump training coach I'm like wait a minute I stop I go Nikki who runs my gym come on over here set the vert up at 41 inches I want you to jump up and hit that Louis goes you can't hit that he jumps up boom hits it Louis goes holy shit what does he do I go he's never jumped up once we jump down we land and he goes ooh that I had him at that point he's Damn. like wow so we talked a lot about altitude drop training and all that stuff, and, and he bought and He was he was a big fan of it. He just couldn't translate it into his world because his world was just let's jump up on boxes. So yeah. it took him a little while to understand, but I got some pretty cool video of him sh- showing my guys how to pull a sled, and that's how I got my therapy for him. So when he was pulling the sled, he was walking same arm, same leg. It was incredible. i never seen anything like it. I remember so, hearing this on
0: another podcast yeah. you did, or maybe you told me in Birmingham. I don't remember. Yeah, I, and, I remember I,
2: and, I, and I have it on film, right? So, again, JL, when he was calling me out on it the next day, I'm showing him the video. I go, this guy's in my parking lot. He goes, you sure that's not West Side parking lot? I go, no, it's my parking lot. So he's pulling the sled, and he's going left arm, left leg, same time. I'm like, Louie, this is wrong. And he's going, what's wrong about it? So he does it again. He does it in slow motion and does the same thing. I go, I I know how to fix you. Come on in here. And we went back to Jay's stuff. I go, do an extreme slow cross crawl standing against the wall. I don't know. Do it three minutes a day. He goes, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. So about about a week and a half later, he calls me. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. I put 50 pounds on my bench press. I go, what do I care? What do I care? What does that have to do with anything? And he's like, It's what I was doing. The cross-crawl concept made me stronger in a bilateral movement. I'm like, I don't know if that's the truth, but if you believe it, that's fine. It's just going to make you a healthier human. So that was my Louis Simmons story. (laughs) Well, we're going
1: to change gears just a little bit here, Dan. Uh, From history, which, of course, you know, is still extremely interesting as far as how we got here. But I want to get specifically into the input side of things i've heard these talk many times yeah. on the, on input and it's not input versus output it's how input like neurological input affects the output
2: mm-hmm. so of course i'll break it down even further you can't have a motor output without a sensory input. well there
1: you go so even better
2: so yeah so
1: you know once you get once you see something like this at work and i'm going to use uh, john's mentor uh, uh, Dr. John Pila, uh, yeah, when I witnessed him work on someone for the very first time and how he systematically found this client he was working with a girl who had had a sprained ankle, and he quickly you know, figured out that she also had a right shoulder problem you know and, and all in about you know less than ten minutes and how he then was able to use this concept of inputs, changing the inputs to then affect this person's pain in a good way. I mean, she, was, she went from hurting to not hurting very quickly. So you're kind of the king when it comes to that, you know, utilizing that concept in the strength training environment. So if you would kind of break that down, like what, when someone walks in, you've already told us about the, the, the Louis Simmons story. How, kind of how does that work if you were to just have someone new, someone new comes in, and they they present with something kind of similar to what you're talking about you know cross call a, a uh, you know a co- totally disorganized pattern I mean what do you do how do you go about evaluating and then how do you see that impacting whether it be someone's pain whether it sees be someone's performance I mean how does that
2: yeah I, I I think my years of, of of being around for so long everything circles back so if you guys I know you guys both know this, that those extreme isometrics that we've always all done and we've all talked about um, in terms of different joint positions, um, that's king for the brain, is, is the brain starts to communicate where it is in space, um, and these joint positions are huge. So then you get into um, Sean's square one, where it's how powerful those joint positions are to the perceptions of the brain's safety when it takes a step. And you circle it back and it goes back to everything goes back to gait and how we're wired for human gait. And if you start there, then you'll realize that like your posture is the result of your brain output. It's not the result of this muscle or that muscle. It's the result of your brain output and how the senses are taken in. So, well, how does that start? It starts with your feet. So everybody including my best friend Corfus and all those guys talk about the biomechanics of the foot. I'm more interested in the neurology of the foot, how your foot interacts from, with the ground, with the tactile sensation and, you know, in, in the cortex and how it, it goes right to your cortex. And, and that's the first way that we, we see the horizon or we, we stand on the horizon, right? So your eyes and your feet are huge. But if you circle back into functional neurology, functional neurology will do a lot with your eyes. They don't do a lot with your feet, right? So I, I'm a big fan of eye exercises and all that stuff. And, Chris, you know Absolutely. that. Um, Absolutely. But if you're going to address your upright posture, you have to address your feet. So the the whole thing is basically is how your brain is going to interact with the threats that come day to day. And it's not... oh, I need to get stronger in the bench press or I need to get stronger in the squat. It's I need to be able to survive each step and the more I can reduce that threat, you go, wow, that guy got faster or this girl can jump higher. Well, it's because we've taken the governor off the body in whatever compensatory pattern you were showing at the time. And I mean at the time because with square one, you know, it goes like this. It changes constantly. Every time you interact with the ground, something changes in how you interpret said information so that sensory system is huge and it's completely under trained completely
1: so let's let's then i'll take that into kind of a functional uh capacity here so give yep, us some yep. uh your football coach your track coach yep mm-hmm. let's put that into into some practice now i mean how do you address that with a large group like your team your whether it be your track team football team whatever
2: well, one of the things that we implement all the time, and I'm, I'm going down into our weight room here in about 20 minutes, right? So the first thing they'll do is they'll plop on the floor, and we'll go through an entire Signal 6 repertoire of every joint position, isometrics, eliminating any threat in a hand grenade type of motion. Right? And that's so a square it's, one. It's like worth, That's a square one. Yeah. Right. It's a square one philosophy from Sean, but it's, it's a hand grenade approach to it. It's not the specific sniper role that square one plays where we're pinpointing um, the joint intolerant of load, right. right? It's a generalized thing. So now I know from that standpoint, joints were safe. Then I start to introduce these different stressors. They could be your warm up, it could be a high knee run, it could be a butt kick. Something is going to stress someone's system. We plop down and we clear that out, right? So it's a constant clearing out patterns to be able to build on the good patterns so is that so that's one of the ways that we'll implement large groups with neurology is we'll do those joint positions the second way is we will do a ton of eyes converging eyes converging is a huge part of how you see the horizon and how your posture will then mimic what you see right so if you're if your feet are going this way your eyes go the other way it's just the way we're wired right and that links up with square one stuff so once you start to get your eyes to converge and we don't have that that eye that's deviating then our posture's set and we're so worried in the weight room about creating uh, we've got to make sure we're in perfect positions and all this stuff that's great but it's set by your feet and your eyes first so if you're not training those two things or for that matter warming them up to make sure that anything that you're going to feed it is going to be positive stuff not just stuff that will be you know left off the table right so you're saying that
1: you know you're going to try to provide a stimulus you're going to try to provide a stressor so signal six a stressor like a warm-up or whatever do you for yep. that correction is that another round of signal six or, okay. it could
2: be yep it could be so depending on our warm-up if we have a certain amount of time We'll add a certain amount of stressors, right. we clear those patterns through, and then boom, we're on to our workout. Gotcha. Sometimes I'll put it at the end to say any, anything that we did do in the weight room today that we went backwards with, yeah, we all got stronger, but what did it do to my gait pattern? What did it do to my brain and in, in the interpretation of the threat, right? So that that's all training is. It really is. Like when we talk about the complexity of Jay's programs and all this stuff, you could do Anything you want, as long as you make the brain believe it's safe. If you do that, you're going to get better in anything you do. That's what's crazy, right?
0: So I got two things I want to kind of ch- uh, a follow up on that one. Like you said, you said you're regularly clearing out threats, okay, mm-hmm. or um, you know stressors. Because I mean, exercise and movement is a stress, sure. as Well, so I guess question one is going to be, you know, are you still using like cross crawl reset to do that? Um, I got that trick from you.
2: Sometimes, uh, you know, yep.
0: Utilizing something like that to do that. And then the other one is, uh, I guess I want to play devil's advocate a little bit because I know mm-hmm. you and I have talked and I've heard you talk about the importance of the vestibular system, you know, and how you've said, I've, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've said in the past the vestibular system basically can rule all because of, you know, how strong and influential it is. So how, how does that play a role in the gate? Which one do you perceive as mm-hmm. more important? Or do well, you? well, if you
2: look at if you look at a lot of Sean's stuff right now, he's addressing the vestibular system. That that was probably, again, every system has holes, right? So all we're trying to do is get as much knowledge and plug the holes, plug the gaps, right?
0: Yeah, so, you, you turned me on to that, the vestibular system. It's, it's yeah. super interesting. I'm going to interrupt, and that's why I hate to call this an interview because I think it's just conversation. Yep. But, like, I, wa- I don't know, I watched something from you, and... Talking about the vestibular system, we have a client here, or I had one who, like her, she had a rotator cuff tear at some point uh, years ago. But, mm-hmm. Like her supraspinatus literally didn't work. Like anytime you test it, I mean, she would absolutely just shrug the shoulder up. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she starts like, and she starts having some vestibular issues. They start like, I think they put a hearing aid in her because I think the hearing was going bad too. And then all of a sudden, the supraspinatus started working out of nowhere. Mm. And I, I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like yep. I could not for the life of me figure it out. Well,
2: okay. your vestibular system controls every contraction in your body. I don't think people realize that. Like, I mean, if you look at the, the just the development of a baby, when they lift their head, they begin to lift their head when they're crawling belly on ground. That's when the vestibular system starts to kick in, and, and from the ponds developing, all these things happen in in that growth and development stage. And sometimes when we get head injuries or when we uh, aren't functioning correctly, it can be a simple vestibular issue that you can, you know, I, I guess you call it, you just um, turn it back on, make sure it's working correctly. Um, crazy things happen. Crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm really intrigued by that, and I don't honestly, admittedly, I don't know enough um, about it. But has Dr. Rob gotten into that, Dan?
2: Oh, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Rob does all of Professor Carrick's stuff. I mean, yeah. he's Carrick certified. I mean, he's like Dr. J. I mean, he's yeah. um, he's big into the, the vestibular system and all that stuff. So, yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dr. Rob's awesome. We've talked a couple of times. And oh, he's great. Be, love he's to get great. him on
3: the
1: show. Absolutely.
3: It. It'd be
1: great. But so many things now are even moving, even in the training field. I mean, you're, you're beginning to see, I think, the convergence of, well, John has a, a good relationship with the folks at, uh, at GOTA. And I was like, John, he sounds Mm -hmm. just like you. Dan, you remember George Benet uh, at the conference here in Birmingham. I was like, they sound like they're, you know, brothers from a different mother, you know, and you got, um, you, you know, you got yourself, you got us, and we've done podcasts. John and I have done podcasts in the past talking about reducing threat and everything else. And so you're beginning to see, I believe, a totally different approach not just, not necessarily just in, you know, how much weight can you lift, although that can certainly be a component of of your training program, but trying to affect the performance on the field or on the court or whatever by totally a, a, affecting this reducing of threat or the reducing of, the, of what your brain perceives as a threat. So, I mean being sort of one of the originators of this approach i mean did you have you run into like any like like people kind of fighting you on it you know in the in the
2: oh yeah oh yeah i'll tell you what yeah i i have a story like i and i won't tell you the nfl team. i was working with a with a quarterback and um he just had he had a an, an internal rotation issue right And I'm just like, well, how do you warm up? What do you do? And he's showing me. I go, okay, I want you to try this for a minute. Test your range of motion here. I want you to do this. So I gave him a couple of drills, and he tested it again. And he's like, "Mm, it's a little better, not much. So as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay, he thinks I'm nuts. So I give him something else. It's completely away from the shoulder. He tries it again. No, same. So now the guy I was there consulting with, he's like, what are you going to do now? I'm like, we're going to keep working through the toolbox. I, I, I got a lot more left. Just because one thing doesn't work, it, that's the sensory input that wasn't needed. When you hit it, it'll be unbelievable. So we keep going. And it's not working. We keep going. It's not working. The guy's like, well, how much time do we have? I go, well, well, how long has he had this issue for? Well, a long time. I say, okay, well, give me a minute. <laughs> Jeez, I've, I've only been working on him for two minutes. End of the third minute, I found it. It was some type of movement in his right foot freed up his left shoulder. And the guy looked at me and goes, that is amazing. I'm like, no, thank you for being patient enough to give me five or six shots of it to, to find out what works because it doesn't always work. Like I, I'm, I'm okay at doing this, but sometimes you, f- you go down the wrong rabbit hole and you got to go to another one, and that's Okay do you know how long i go i always say to people like we do nordics and you do all these things to make yourself faster are you faster the next day no you're not it takes a minute for it to kick in you, you're awful hard on me you're make, you're giving me three minutes to change a motor pattern that you've had that's why you're calling me to fix it so yeah i've, I've struggled with some people but normally i can win at the other end right. and i like that I right like
1: absolutely well and and yeah, it's amazed me um, how many times, you know, someone will come in and, you know, use the newbie one time or use, you know, or something like that. And it's just like, well, I'm, I'm you know, uh, you know, I'm not any better. or I'm I'm just a little bit better. I thought I'd be better after, you know, I'm like, how many times have you gone to physical right. therapy or how many times have you done, you know, and it's, like, you know, not to knock physical therapy. Although, yes, we will knock physical therapy. Uh, and it's very soon. <laughs> But
2: that's it. Yeah. I, I tell you, a, like, like a Dr. Rob story. Like, we had Douglas Heal out to the, out to the gym, right? So he flies in and goes through the whole. Now activation in in RPR, it's it's great. It's not right. the end all be all, right? There's right. Uh, there's yep. holes in everything. So yeah, I'll never I'll never forget this. Dr. Rob's working on somebody. And he opens the door to the gym and I'm working with somebody in the gym and he goes, come here for a minute. And I walk in and he's like, this is so-and-so. I'm trying to activate the quad. I hit the spot. It, it's not turning on. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking and I went over there and I activated something else. I can't even remember what it was. When you get him on, you can ask him. And it, then I went back and then did the activation and it turned on. I go, you check. He checked. He goes, I did that. I go, I don't know what to tell you. So sometimes it's how you interact with the client. Sometimes it's um, the way in, in the route in which you take to it. The order matters. Um, and I've learned that coming back full circle with square one. Like if you go the wrong way, it doesn't work. It doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I mean, your, your intention matters. Like the intention of the practitioner yeah. matters. A right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think, you know. For people who are kind of learning what we do, you know a lot of muscle testing is involved in a lot of stuff and I think you know you talk about obstacles, Chris like for people saying yes or no, especially in the world of AK or any type of muscle testing, you can get a lot of heat for it because people who are just I don't know how to phrase that like they, they're just greedy like they just the intention isn't right. The intention is to you know build their ego or do something impressive for themselves rather than assist the client or the patient and like without getting too metaphysical like the energy and the intention plays a huge role in how that works huge role and the emotional side of it plays a huge role in it as well and i've heard yeah there's a story in the body electric if you guys have ever read that book
1: about a uh, particular person
0: great book but it's about as exciting as watching paint dry
1: it's 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 pretty hard to read yeah
2: I'm not that smart. I think there's too many big words in that book. But it's uh, it's
1: got an interesting story about a a guy who had no medical training whatsoever, who basically could heal people, animals, you know, horses, dogs, anything, you know, and could heal anybody, you know, and didn't even have to touch them. It's just like, okay, you know, this was uh, pretty, uh, you know, verified, uh, you know, historically. So it uh, it was a pretty interesting story that he had in that book for this guy who just seemed to be Gifted, you know, gifted from God. You know, it's like, who knows? He just was a healer. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so, hey, Dan, I want you to—I uh, want to ask you about uh, one of your one of your quotes that I have admittedly stolen, mm-hmm. and I will admit that publicly to everybody. Well, I've probably uh, stolen it from somebody. <laughs> oh, well oh, oh! We'll get into something that you stole. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll share that with the world. <laughs> but. One of the things that you said that stuck with me a long time ago, I think it was honestly at the first track and football um, conference mm-hmm. uh, or consortium, uh, you know, why everybody wants to loosen up their rotator cuff before they throw, right? But, uh, you know, would you loosen up the lug nuts on a car before you drove it? And I know your answer because we've talked about this before, but our audience, especially, I mean, in the Mid-South, and we, we work with a ton of baseball players, mm-hmm. a ton of them. Can you shed some light and, and hear, let's hear, let them ha- hear your end on that? Yeah,
2: I, I think it's, it, that was a DB hammer thing, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he was like, okay, so if you look at a person with Tommy John, what's the surgery entail? They're pulling everything back together, right? So the, and, and you come out and you probably throw harder than when you went in, right? So when that's surgically repaired, you've got more of that tendon stiffness and you've got more of the ability to throw it hard. Um, and he would always call it the, you know, the more you throw and the more you throw, the longer your arm, you get noodle arm, you get all that stuff. He goes, and the strength training actually brings it together and it stiffens it. So it's, it's that fine line between reactive training and that's where that oscillating isometric stuff comes in from reactive training to strength training and where we're bridging the gap in sports performance. Right. So, um, you know, that's, that's. I've been saying that for years. As you go in there, you watch all these guys. Ah, I'm doing my shoulder exercises. I got to do my J-Bans. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what? why? How, how,
0: how the hell did Ty Cobb and, you know, how Babe Ruth. Right. I don't know how they ever played without J-Bans.
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, or how, I mean, if you think about the health of pitchers now, I mean, how many pitchers were, I don't know anything about baseball. How many pitchers were in a rotation back in the 50s and 60s? Three? Two? Now we have got like space. six guys in a rotation, right? Cuz mm-hmm. they can't handle the volume. So yep. I don't know. I I think I think the advent of weight training in baseball really set them back. Because people were dosing it when they didn't know what to do and um it hurt a lot of people. How many I mean how many baseball players pull their hamstring running their first base? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely like, I think it's the thing I tell guys all the time like it's not a problem to warm up like you know get some blood moving yeah especially if you've been sitting around but that doesn't mean stretch that doesn't mean you know try to loosen that up so to speak but right. you know without getting too detailed you know they they know they know how to do like good side bad side mm-hmm. or total motion mm-hmm. release and you know all, all the threats you know elimination of threats and that's the type of stuff we'll do to warm up but you know I wanted them to, to hear you say that because yes everybody I stole that quote from Dan yeah. um, that was his but uh, <laughs> breaking news to the world here okay so Dan got everybody listening, Dan loves to share a story, okay? About good side, bad side. About this guy that he fixed his shoulder when he was in Birmingham. Well folks, this is why I can use Dan Victor's quotes, because he doesn't give me the due credit. That was me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you had to provide my, to, my you shoulder. You had to provide the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I was the experiment that he ran. <laughs>
2: there might be a better story than that with that Birmingham visit, Chris. Do you remember um do you remember the guy? and john it might have been before you got there we were in the weight room chris and it was a it was a big dude he had a goatee i'm like oh here we go it's one of those strength coaches and and he's like i go i bet you i could put i don't know 20 pounds on your one rep max yeah Yeah. shoulder press in about 15 seconds and he's like that's baloney so he he goes through the whole thing (laughs) and i do it and he's like oh my god i go getting strong is easy that's easy Getting fast is a different story. It's a different yeah, I remember story. that. I, that, yeah. y'all,
0: that happened like five minutes before I got there. I yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So say that phrase again, getting strong is easy. Getting fast is a different story.
2: Yeah. It, it's just a different, yep. I mean, there's more neurological aspects to getting fast. There's tendon stiffness. There's how your gait is before you start sprinting. Right. So we're so concerned about, um, you know, running sprints or doing this or getting in shape that we don't look at the way you just walk the way you walk. Ultimately, when you start going fast is going to be that exemplified, right? So I like to fix people's gait, and then watch them run faster or let them run fast and then do something to correct their gait. Do some type of sensory input to create a different motor response rather than saying, don't turn your foot out when you run. Well, duh. It's like, The old track coach is saying, don't run on your heels. Run on the balls of your feet. Well, that's ingenious. Great. But why does the guy still run on his heels? It's just... Neurology makes way more sense in the training atmosphere than, I I don't know, do three sets of 10 of this exercise. It just does. It changes things immediately. Agreed. Yeah. I got to tell you that one of the best neurological interventions in terms of running sprints is walking backwards for recovery. Have them walk backwards, then have them run again. Watch what happens. Walking okay, backwards walking backwards is one of the most profound neurological um, treatments you can, ma- you can imagine. Right? Think about the foot when you walk backwards, how it hits the ground. The ball of the foot hits the ground. We spend all of our time right, when we're sprinting going, hey, you've got to do this. You've got to run on the balls of your feet. And they can't. So walking backwards immediately puts them in the correct pattern of how to strike the ground. That's number one. Number two is it also resets the brain. They use it in stroke rehab all the time. Do this test. Do a balance test. See where your balance is at. Walk backwards for about 15 meters and then test your balance again. Dramatically different. It resets your brain. It's a great recovery tool we have our kids after football games get in the grass barefoot and walk backwards
0: yeah. so alright why I'm trying I'm sitting here trying mm-hmm. to figure out why what's well think
2: about happening. it you there. have to think, think yeah. about the brain walking yeah. is, is very reflexive right mm-hmm. you don't think about it when you right. walk backwards you have to think about it you have to think about what your arms are going to do in opposition you have to, you're not thinking about the foot and the ball of the foot hitting it naturally does it has to there's no possible way you can walk backwards on your heels well if you did you'd look like an idiot but it, it, you just <laughs> tell them walk backwards and they're naturally the foot strikes perfect right um and then from a brain standpoint the communication from hemisphere to hemisphere is amazing try it
0: okay yeah sure i'd give it a shot yeah i like that absolutely
2: give it a try yep
0: Chris, I think you had one or two other things. Oh, you, uh, you know, out. the
1: main thing was just sort of the you know coming from the input standpoint. You know, it's just coming from that that sensory input standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, we Dan, you and I have talked about you know the walking backwards. Um, have you ever tried what Cal Dietz calls the the goat drill? Uh, I think he has people like focusing on like a particular, uh, like point on the like maybe he puts a baseball or something like that. Uh, you know. At, at about waist height, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to watch, look at that ball as you're going around cones, or you know, like a figure eight, or a backward figure eight, or you know uh, that type thing.
2: So all this all this stuff, like not the backwards walking, but but what Cal does in his goat drill is is just a renamed infinity walk, right? So it's Deborah Sumbeck's research, who a good, is in good Rochester, book, by the way. Yeah, That's, who's in Rochester, New York? That's where she lives. You know how many yeah. times I've tried to connect with her because. What she does in stroke rehab and, and, and just in teaching in gener- general and emotional trauma, all that stuff, when, when you activate both sides of your brain, when you get your eyes involved and your vestibular system involved, from an emotional standpoint, great things happen. Now, do that backwards. That's what I'd tell Cal at this point. I talk to Cal all the time. Um, his growth drill is great because it's, it's multisensory. There's a ton of stuff going on, um, and it's one of the ways that neurologists will look at – um, do you have a frontal lobe issue? So, when you're walking and you start to add numbers or subtract numbers and your gait pattern changes, you know there's a frontal lobe issue, right? So, there's a ton of different research that that comes from, but Deborah Sumbeck certainly is the driver behind that, and she's done her work's awesome.
0: Yeah, that was a, that's a great book. We've, we've implemented that yep. for a long time, and yep. there's some people that just love it. Like, I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. numbers. I've seen numbers go up. I've seen verticals go up. You know, I know Mandy has, too. And mm-hmm. They'll go do it in their high school weight room, and the coaches will be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I, I would
3: say my own <laughs> daughter, you know, she went to pull a deadlift PR, tried to pull it, didn't get it. Infinity walk a couple times, came back, mm-hmm. pulled it in like three seconds. So, yeah,
0: I think we lost Dan. Yeah. We I think lost we lost Dan. Dan. <laughs> yeah um we'll give him a second see if he gets back on but yeah i don't know chris if you've mm-hmm. ever read that infinity walk book but it is really good um, what's the title I that's probably I mean, one that of way the thing. You know, i don't want to speak for him the infinity walk Infi- okay infinity yeah. walk. Mm-hmm. i'm not familiar with it but yeah, that's uh, yeah mm-hmm. i mean I, yeah i know we've used that as like a way to eliminate the perception of threat and kind con- when i didn't, we didn't even think right. about that when he was talking about walking backwards but yeah that's that's in that book as well um he's talked about that um so that, that's good to check that out um yeah i mean i'm trying to think of what else you know when dan got back you know gets back on uh, if he does kind of what where else i want to ask him I mean, he's dan does so much and like he's been so instrumental in everything that we have developed and yeah i know the, the four of us like you me mandy you know like all, we've all worked with him what what else can what else would be a good direction to take him well
3: i i was really interested and i didn't want to interrupt he was just kind of on a roll like it, he talked a lot about the you know in his warm-ups with his groups, the whole clearing of, I guess, I wasn't, what's he looking for when he talks about clearing out certain patterns or clear, you know, what's he looking at? What is he, what is he watching for? And he talked about introducing the the stimulus, like the butt kicks or the high knees to see something change. Like, what are the things that he's looking yeah, at?
1: Yeah, it would just, you know, and it could be just how they're performing a particular thing is that, you know, is there a, you know, they it could be any number of things. I mean, from, you know, range of motion of, of a particular joint to, to you know, can they do this in a straight line or are they wavering all over the place? I mean, there's all kinds of things that could, uh, you, okay. know, that could you know, you could see that's going wrong with that particular person. But, um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things that.
3: And so he talked about ISOs, using ISOs to clear that as one of the things. Like, what other types of things you guys know more about the stuff that he does. What other kinds of things does he do to to In particular, clear I mean, this, or, in
1: that particular part of the conversation, he was referring to Signal Six, which is a Square One. It, it's a it's a Sean Sherman,
3: okay.
1: uh, you know, developed uh, self treatment, I guess you would say, and it's and it's all simple isometric exercises that uh, anyway. But it, it, it's really pretty okay. uh, pretty cool little system and simple, but. You know, in in a lot of cases, it's mm-hmm. very effective.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I know one thing. I was gonna, I wanted to ask him, and I, I've, Cal Cal Dietz and I have talked about this back and forth still a little bit on his, on his email, and I was trying to find the email during the during the show here, but I couldn't couldn't seem to find it. <clears throat> I, I know at one point, um, you know, they they said that I think the fundamental pattern was like a uh, was a crawl pattern, and I was asking him you know, how they implemented that. And he said that like in between exercises, they would do things like that. And I remember asking Cal, well, when you really look at the hierarchy of like our, you know, um, you know, neurological, you know, bio or or biomechanical patterns, like crawling is actually kind of advanced, you know, it's more so like, at least we start with kind of rolling and then sitting. And so I was going to ask him like how him and Cal came to that conclusion. And I I can't find the email that Cal sent back. It was very short. Um, but I, I thought that was some, a very interesting topic and i know the cross crawl stuff is work i mean absolutely we've used it yeah. on and off forever um but uh you know and, and so maybe he can get back on he just texted me and anybody listen says yeah. oh, computer shut down so oh no we'll give him a second i know he had to go in a minute anyways is we'll he a
3: a, is he familiar with dr cleary's work
0: yeah in... that's kind of where i was headed with that yeah. is dr dr cleary's work and um chris i don't know if you i don't think we ever met dr cleary he's up in minnesota um brilliant guy um unbelievably brilliant um and what, what the heck what's it what's it called i'm, I'm losing uh oh my gosh um
3: <laughs> i'd help you out but i don't know where you're going <laughs> I, I literally i am drawn a
0: complete blank um but you can go up and down motor program simulating different motor oh, programs oh, in the yeah. body yeah and so like you know he created a technique where you can actually Go in and, and change the motor programs and like we've we've utilized that we've been trained in it, utilized it. And it's awesome. And, um, it's it's pretty advanced stuff. And I was curious if Dan had ever come across something like that. Um, but I'll have to reach out to Dr. Clear. I hadn't talked to him in a while. See if we can't get him back on. But well, I don't think Dan's gonna be able to get back on here. I think he says his whole computer is shut down. So we'll probably go ahead and wrap it up. Anyways, we're getting our timer's getting ready to go off. Um, so for uh, for for anybody still listening, you know, uh, I know you guys probably are not to hear Dan, but guys I can't state it enough how how instrumental Dan has been in our development um yeah I mean I give him a lot of grief and give him a lot of shit but you know that's what people do you know <laughs> he, he and I expect him to you know dish it back but um, guys he he is he's one of the most brilliant minds literally on the planet right now um, you know if you guys share share this uh, show enough you'll get him back I on. Believe, I, promise. <laughs> I know? believe his, uh, his website is what?
1: wanna get fast w a n n a G E T F A yeah. S T want to get fast.com. I believe yeah. it's his website. So, wanna
0: get fast. and I think his Instagram handle is uh at WGF1. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll put it up on our story too, guys, because um, we'll post this when it comes out. But Dan, I know you're not listening, I'll text yep. you. But uh, thank you Absolutely. very much for coming on, we appreciate it a lot. And, uh, and guys, you guys know what the fee and the rule is. Please uh, go share the show. Um, you know. We, uh, we want to keep giving you guys this content. If you continue to want the content, we ask that you share the show. And bring somebody to the show, please. Bring it, bring them to us so we can um, teach them. Um, Chris, Mandy, you guys have uh, go. anything else? Now, now on
1: Apple. Now
0: no, on Apple. Apple. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, finally, it right. only here took us 13 episodes, yep. but we're here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. All the shows are on YouTube as well. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks a lot. Uh, we love Thanks you guys. guys. Appreciate yep. you share the show. All right, you guys have See a ya. have a great day and uh, good holiday season.